And welcome to Tuesday evening here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. So glad to have you. Today's wild. Today's today where I just don't, I don't know how to make sense of anything. I literally witnessed a 30 to 10, 30 degree temperature drop with my own naked eyes. I wasn't naked. My eyes, like just, you know, my eyes. I left my day job at 2.15. And that tiny little temperature on my dashboard said 77. When I drove across state line, it said 47. That's insane. I mean, I'm fine with it. I get it. People will be like, Dusty, it's still February. Yeah, but that's crazy. (laughs) It's going to snow on our way home, Grant. And I don't know if I can handle that. I might have to go get some broccoli ched soup. I didn't think I was going to have that. I was literally grilling burgers and brats out last night. True story. Tonight, I'm going to be in a robe, hunkered down, eating soup and bread. Yeah, but you'll be back on the golf course by the week. <clears throat> you'll be fine. Praise be. It's supposed be. to be like 70 by Saturday. Yeah, we just got, what, two days to get through? It's Wednesday, Not Thursday, even. and then we're back? Like a day and a half. Uh, love to see it. going to be nice. Yeah. Got to do that. Golf course uh, definitely keeps me extremely uh, happy and entertained during the uh, spring. Uh, so does uh, news throughout the uh, Chiefs kingdom. Uh, James Palmer caught up with Andy Reid. You remember Andy Reid, right? The the rumors from Mike Florio. He's going to retire. He's going to he's going to hang it up. Why? Why would he? Why would he? Why would he keep doing it? If he wins a title, he'll probably ride off into the sunset, or not. <laughs> or maybe he might be like, you know what? This winning stuff's pretty fun, and I can keep doing it because of who I have at quarterback and who my general manager is. This was Andy Reid, and we will. Sorry to cut that off. We will dive into the luxurious need conversation. I will replay you the best of Nate Taylor from the drive because that is the the hot news on a Tuesday. But here's a guy that makes you smile, Andy Reid with James Palmer about the contract extension news. You know, word out there that you're going to be signing an extension most likely soon. How excited are you to be just kind of probably locked in in the years to come? We all were worried pre-Super Bowl. Yeah, that'll all take place I um, here quickly, I'm sure. But, I mean... Clark, <laughs> there's no, no better person to work for than, than Clark Hunt. I mean, I felt that way with Jeff Lurie. I feel that way with Clark Hunt, and I've been fortunate. Green Bay Packers, they don't have an owner, but I was fortunate to be there. So um, I'm not getting any younger, and so, um, I, you know, I appreciate uh, Kansas City. I mean, I love it. We love it there, and I love the organization. I get to work with three great guys, or two great guys, and, and I work with more than that. But, I mean, yep. I've got Mark, Don- I've got Clark Hunt, Mark Donovan, and Brett Veach, which is the three. I'd already mentioned Clark, so that was the two. <laughs> um, but the, the, those guys, I mean, I work work with them every day, and um, and I've got the opportunity to do, do things that, um, that you know, Clark gives us the opportunity, all three of us, to do things to help us win. And that's all... You know, that's all you can look for. So. You say you're not getting any younger, but you're still doing an unbelievable level. Sum up, Palmer. Don't try to do that. You didn't like him trying to suck up to Andy Reid? He Reed does there? it with every interview, it feels like. You just had to throw that in right He's got to have that, like, cheeky little, oh, so you're not getting any younger, but boy, winning sure doesn't eat. Okay. Well, you look good, Andy. Yeah. Do you continue to look forward to the challenge of being a jolly old fella? Okay. 
I did see a podcast or an I forget who he was with. We were talking about this before that he said a story that Taylor Swift made homemade Pop-Tarts for the entire offensive lineman, and he didn't get one of them. So a pop, so real quickly, a Pop-Tart is just like a thing. It's an actual food. It's not just a name of a thing that started that's just literally called a Pop-Tart. Well, I'm sure the Pop-Tart is like the trademarked version of mm-hmm. it, but you can get like, if you go to like coffee shops and stuff, you can get like gourmet Pop-Tarts, those. you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's basically just a stuffed pastry, right? That's yeah, it's been, some sort of breading or pastry, and then that's been with, ovenized. Yeah, that's not a word. I feel like you could get away with that if you if you make up a word, but you go into it confidently, people will just like nod their head. Now, every once in a while, you might run into like a English major. They're like, "I'm sorry, what was that?" And you're like, "Nothing." Ovenized that pop tart. Yeah, see, he said it with truth. But that's the thing where you come when it comes to. This sort of offseason. And I think it's interesting because, look, the Kansas City Chiefs, somebody said, did you say praise be? Yes. Thousand percent. We were talking about golf. Um, but that's the thing that's interesting about the Kansas City Chiefs because it's, it's, it's a fine line. And I've kind of noticed this, you know, hosting shows during a, you know, a very special era of a team. And the one thing that the Chiefs are going to do for the consistency of this run and of this team and of the, you know, heroics that we see every year with this roster that changes or is different or whatever it may be, they keep it safe at the top and the main spots in this team and everything else seems to be just fine. And they've had trial and error where they didn't get it right. Right? Clark Hunt knew that. That's where it starts. The trust... The trust that he has, or he had, and Andy Reid is where it all started, right? We know that story. He sat down with Cody and Gold and talked about the whole Andy Reid story of, of him getting that contract and the you know the negotiation with Andy Reid or whatever. You had to get Andy Reid. You just you had to, and they did. Andy Reid was you could call it one of those stars of alignments, right? Where all the planets line up, or maybe not stars but planets, and and Andy Reid was the first one that kind of came in. And they had trial and error with general managers that didn't work, right? Dorsey didn't work, couldn't couldn't manage a, a, a payroll. And that's where this whole thing kind of goes, right? Like you knew as soon as Patrick Mahomes had the first year that he had, you're like, okay, this guy's going to make a billion. And somebody rolled their eyes and said, you're a bit dramatic. He said, okay, half a billion. And they probably were like, no way. You're like, just watch. And I think the number that I realistically came up with was that Patrick Mahomes was going to make like $400,000 or $400 million. And then everybody's like, I don't know, man. Could be more. Could be record-setting. Probably going to be record-setting, right? They got the head coach right. They then got the general manager right with Brett Veach, who, in my opinion, was just like a video nerd, was just a lab rat, and Andy Reid, and he just had a good repertoire with him. Maybe you've had a teacher in your past that, you know, you'd stay after class and wouldn't mind talking to that teacher because you all got along or you had those, like, ideas the same that not everybody else had because they didn't have the same sort of passion towards that topic. And Brett Veach and Andy Reid worked out. Clark trusts that. And with that trust in Brett Veach and Andy Reid becomes the development and the signing and the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, right? Remember when when Sean Payton thought he was ahead and he and the New Orleans Saints, I went I went over this audio about a year ago. 
how they flew into Lubbock and watched Patrick Mahomes throw and watched his, how his mind worked in testing. And they said, we got to get out of here and no one can know that we were here. Sorry, there was already a man there and that was Brett Veach. And once they get the head coach ownership, Clark Hunt, once he gets the head coach, the head coach then kind of knows what works. Trial and error. Didn't work with John Dorsey. Enters Brett Veach. It's worked great. Didn't work with Bob Sutton. Let's go get somebody else that I'm good friends with. Works with Spagnola. Worked great. Right? Trust. Big trust in the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why when you think about this year and how every year works, like the thing that still sticks out in my mind is seeing those four trophies on display and three of them came in the last six years. Right? When you want to be great, it doesn't always necessarily start out Perfect. You have to be, you know, something has to be taken away for you to realize, okay, this is what we need because I'm not going to allow this to happen. And every year the Chiefs have had some sort of flaw in their system, it seems, that they always seem to address and it continues to make them great. Eight consecutive conference championships would tell you that. Six consecutive AFC title games, five of which were in your own house for five consecutive years. And three titles. And the news that comes out today of Legereus Sneed, right? The news that comes out of Legereus Sneed's camp today in the Chiefs camp, which we read the reports. We know what everybody was talking about. And and that's honestly, you know, that's what it is, right? Fowler tweets it. Verderam tweets it. And it's the Chiefs are likely going to tag Legereus Sneed. And they've informed him of that, that they are prepared to use that franchise tag and are open to a trade. If no long-term deal is reached per source. And these are these types of moves that are a little salty after it's been sweet, right? You just had a championship season that was emotional as hell. It was an emotional roller coaster of what the season was. And the one thing that we look at when we watch this season is what's the thing that they want everyone to uh, to address, Get some wide receiver action. Let's bring out, let's get a let's get a free agent wide receiver. Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, right? That's what that's what you hear. You know, but we know they're going to address that sort of situation. What you may not want to hear is who's not going to be on this team. And look, Legarius Sneed did his job, right? Legarius Sneed was, to me, the best corner in football just by pure numbers. Right, The first touchdown he allowed was Stephon Diggs, I believe. Maybe not. No, it wasn't. Somebody else in that AFC divisional game against Buffalo. Right, Has one of the top five, top three plays of the year, of the year, with the forced fumble of Zay Flowers. So you feel a lot of like an emotional connection or emotional attachment to the Super Bowl team because it was so great. And guys that are very, very vital to the success or were really, really good and played their ass off, you don't want to think about, well, there's a chance. What do you mean there's a chance? Well, there's a chance that he's not on this team. And that's why you started this convert, why I started this conversation off with the trust at the top. There's a reason why there's three trophies in six years. There's a reason why this team consistently wins their division. Is it because there are weak teams within it? Probably. But there's a reason why this team continues to be successful, not just successful like, I don't know, Mike Tomlin not having an under 500 record or the Rams seem to always make the playoffs. Like successful as in like championship type of caliber successful. 
And moves like these and decisions like these are why they are successful. It might sound moronic to you. It might sound contradicting to you. But this is why this team is consistently good. They make the tough decisions. Why? Because the trust starts at the top. Clark Hunt opened up his house and said, Andy, this is yours. I just own it. But you you dictate how every room looks. And once Andy Reid got stuff out that he didn't like and found stuff that he did, it's been pretty damn sweet. And I get it, these moves that you see, and we'll get to Chris Jones probably eventually a little bit later on, but if they're willing to tag and trade Snead, it makes you think that the priorities that the Chiefs might have are wide receiver, one, and Chris Jones, extension. And I think if you end it that way, that might put a little bit more sweetness into what is a very bitter sort of interesting afternoon, but it is what it is. To stay great, you have to make great decisions, and sometimes those great decisions are not signing great players to a great big contract. I'm out. This is After Hours. I'm Dusty Like. It's coming up on the other side. I will play you that Nate Taylor interview that maybe you missed on the drive, and he'll give you a little bit more insightful information on the luxurious knee topic that broke today. It's After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. It's Grant Dusty Likens. We'll be right back. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cock your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. You're saying get back together. This would be a really impressive karaoke song if you could pull it off. Bare Naked Ladies, am I right? Nice. Are they still, I wonder if they're still a thing. People prior is like, play that song, Chinese chicken or whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. That's where the praise be things come. Yep. Somebody says they agree with my ovenize. Yeah, it's just, you know, you, you ovenize it for about 30 minutes on 350. It should work just fine. Nice. My goal is to use that word and then have someone use it like in front of their spouse. Yeah, just ovenize that pizza for another... I'm sorry, what did you just say? Ovenize, this guy on the radio, he taught me a new vocabulary word. Yeah, that doesn't exist, honey. Oh. Well, they say he's the crown jewel. They do say that. I don't say, I didn't come up with that. It's so, it's so cheesy, it's great. Because I'm definitely not a guy that like walks in and like opens up my arm like, I'm here, acknowledge me. I'm just really loud and obnoxious sometimes, so then maybe that is kind of the same thing. I don't know. Either way, three people that were involved earlier today was something that was pretty big on 610 Sports Radio. Rob Brenton, Carrington Harrison, and Nate Taylor of The Athletic, they all had a conversation because somebody for the Kansas City Chiefs was in the news. This is the Nate Taylor, Carrington Harrison conversation. If you missed it, don't worry. We got it for you right here. As I talked to more and more people here in Indianapolis, as meetings were going to happen, as as my understanding today um, is Brett Veach and Chris Shea, uh, who takes over for Brent Tillis in terms of the salary cap and part of the negotiation structure of these things, met with Legerius's agent. It became clear that uh, the franchise tag was likely going to be used. The question then became, well, how would it be used? Would it be used for him to you know, not only prevent him from free agency, but to obviously have him play on that sort of one-year, essentially $20 million deal, or are you using it for what we learned this afternoon, which is either you are 
using that to start a baseline to resign him to a long-term extension, or you're using it to create leverage to at least get something in return instead of just having him walk in free agency uh, and you receive nothing, uh, obviously because he's now fulfilled his four-year rookie contract. So there will be um, a collection of teams, I believe, who are interested in, in luxurious need uh, just because he does play one of the premier positions and he has built a reputation for being one of the best pure shadow coverage corners in the league. Um, but the Chiefs are still, I believe, motivated to try to see if it's possible uh, to get a you know a, a long-term deal done that allows him uh, to be amongst, as I always say, Carrington, one of the highest-paid players at his not at his position, not the highest player at his position. So Nate, I think this is a very important distinction, and we got the time to really go through this because there's a lot of kind of things that permeate off of this. I hear this very similar to what happened to Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill a contract. It was $25 million. He wanted $30 million, so they were open to trading him. So I hear this news with Sneed, kind of what you just said. Hey, we are happy to have you come back, but we are happy to have you come back at our price. If that's not what you want to sign with, then, hey, if you go get a deal from the Atlanta Falcons, we are happy to talk to the Atlanta Falcons about fair compensation as a trade for you, but we are not going over this amount. So I at least think there is a chance that Snead comes back, but I think if we are playing this thing out realistically and Snead wants to get paid, then he is most likely going to get more money from outside of Kansas City. Right. I, I do think that's where, um, especially with the way, and I always want to remind this, not just the way Brad Veach has operated in his front office, but the way Clark Hunt has operated, right? Clark Hunt, um, is comfortable giving close to the top of the market. Unless you Patrick Mahomes, you're not getting at the market or top of the market. So um, if you're Legereus Need in his representation, well, you understand that, right? But at the same time, uh, Legereus has been very upfront about his desire to want to play and continue to play with the Chiefs. The fact that he has the the role that he's always wanted since he basically proved himself as a starter as a rookie which is i'm the number one corner i cover the number one receiver and oh by the way my abilities lead to us winning um so the chiefs have done everything right in terms of drafting developing him uh now it's about does luxurious as we've always talked before what are you most concerned with is it making the most money or is it making good money um, not franchise tag money, of course, because uh, that's basically only on a one-year deal, and that sort of creates a gamble because if you get hurt, obviously, uh, that obviously lowers your value uh, when you do become a free agent the following year. Or do you want to be someone that makes $17, 18000000 million a year, $16 million a year, but like your spot on the roster is going to be guaranteed for two, maybe three years, and then obviously you can get the free agency at the age of 30. Uh, Legereus right now at 27. So all these factors come into question. Um, but if a team is willing to give the Chiefs a second-round pick, I think the Chiefs will listen. I, I still think it's going to be hard for a team to say, we're going to forego our first-round pick for Legereus need. But I do think a second-round pick is where the trade discussions could get really interesting. So we just talked about that before you hopped on. So I looked it up. Since 2000, there have only been two corners who have been traded for a first-round pick. Jalen Ramsey is one, and Darrell Revis is the other. I love LeJarrius Sneed. He is not Jalen Ramsey. He is also not Darrell Revis. But 
if you're looking at Darius Slay, Darius Slay got traded for a third and a fifth. If you look at Marcus Peters, he got traded for a second and a fourth, and the Chiefs gave up a sixth-round pick. That is probably close to what the compensation, I think, would be for Snead if he does get traded. Yeah, and again, I think the highest you can go is probably a second. You know, uh, I would say somewhere in that top 50 range, right? Um, because uh, the Chiefs don't have a ton of draft picks this year, not compared to uh, the previous years, which I'm sure you guys have talked about too. So um, because they have, because the Chiefs have Trey McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, um, and whoever they draft and develop next potentially, uh, they feel like they are still obviously pretty good at that spot. Steve Spagnuolo may not have as many uh, strategic advantages as he did last year because um, you can just sort of set it and forget it with whoever Steve's covering on the outside. Um, but combine that with the idea that you need more draft picks so that you can continue to have, you know, cost control players while you're trying to obviously sustain uh, a level of excellence that is incredibly hard in the NFL. Like, it, 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 I, I understand why the Chiefs are interested in it, even as Brett Veach told us today. Um, you know, the best case scenario is that they're somehow able to retain not only the Jerry Sneed, but Chris Jones. Uh, they're going to have the cap space to re sign one of them. Uh, again, it becomes really fascinating in how much cap manipulation you can do to get a good chunk of available salary cap to at least retain both of them for the next two seasons. Cause I think the best thing for the chiefs is obviously to resign these guys, but these guys probably want what their market is. Well, the only way you can truly find that out is if you're a in free agency, which is where Chris is more than likely headed to, at least in, in my opinion, as a, as a, where we stand right now, or you kind of get the best idea of what your value is on the trade market, which is where Legere Steve is headed. Let's cut this thing in half, just uh, 50-50 on one side, 50-50 on the other side. Give me the percentage that you think Chris, or excuse me, Legereus Sneed, we'll get to Chris Jones. Give me the percentage that you think Sneed is on the team next year. Give me the percentage that you think he is not on the team next year. I think it's 60-40. I think it's 60-40 that he's, 60 that he's not on the team and 40 that he is. Um, would you allow the player to start talking to other teams in lieu of a potential trade, usually the trade happens. Right now we're talking to Nate Taylor of The Athletic going through this breaking news. If you guys missed it, this news comes courtesy of Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. The Chiefs have informed Legereus Need that they are prepared to use the franchise tag but are open to a trade if a long-term deal is not reached, Need is agreeable to the scenario, giving him a chance to talk to other teams while Kansas City remains in play. Nate, I think the next question is, after we talk about Snead, is what do you think this information, what do you think this news means for Chris Jones? Well, they're not going to franchise tag him, so that's a good thing. Um, he is that much closer to free agency, right? Um, now, uh, you can take Chris at his word at the parade rally, which is, hey, I'm going to be back next season. Um, but I want to remind people that they should really look at T.J. Watt's contract in contrast to, say, Nick Bosa. He's not making Nick Bosa money, or the Chiefs aren't going to offer him Nick Bosa. But can the Chiefs sort of agree to something around $28, 29000000 million, 
when you understand that, like, had they used a franchise tag on him, it would have been around, I believe, 32.16, which is crazy. That's, like, legitimate quarterback money. So, uh, obviously, he's going to be 30, um, but he's still their best defensive player. Everybody knows that. The defense changes significantly without him. Um, so, if you do trade luxuriously, uh, then you better have a deal that you know can get signed. If you're Brett Beach, if you're Chris Shea, uh, Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, like one thing has to happen with the other in hand. Um, what I would consider a disaster is if Lejarius, uh is traded and Chris Jones gets to free agency, um, you know, in mid-March, you know, doesn't really want to um, – sign what has been offered to him by the Chiefs, and then some team is willing to give him 30, 31 million. I don't know if anybody's going to give him 32 million, but you never know. It, it becomes a bidding situation when you're when you're a free agent, and obviously he's got championship pedigree. There's really no pass pressure like him at his position. Uh, so he has plenty of leverage, um, but Chris has always said he wants to play for the Chiefs. He, he's, on, he's written on record on Twitter that, you know, he will never play for another franchise. Well, if that's the case, and if the Chiefs want that to happen, you kind of make this move with Legereus, the potential of him being traded, so that you know you have the cap space to take on somebody who is going to make near quarterback money as your top pass rusher, your top leader, and your best player on defense. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Told you. You just heard Nate Taylor, who was on the drive today. What a guy. It's so funny how we tell these beat writers and these people that are there, like, every day during the football season. Hey, enjoy vacation. Enjoy the time off. We'll talk to you around the draft in April. And then you'll, you know, gear up for, you know, mandatory mini camp and whatever. But take the time off two weeks after the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, can you come on the show and talk about this giant news drop that happened today? Um, so yeah, if you missed it, obviously you can support the entire team, download the Odyssey app, go and look up, you know, the drive. You can hear that interview from its entirety in the hour that it was there. Um, everything is very well detailed, or you could go listen to after hours, um, which is also a good idea. And then tell like two or three people about it and see what happens. Um, but we will kind of, uh, we have a shortened topic here. We can kind of go back and forth on, on the luxurious need information and what this, uh, what this move makes. The Chiefs are just... I mean, there's a reason why they they are who they are. Because decisions like this happen. Because it's like we've described in the past. And for those of you that are either, you know, golf advocates or pool players or maybe, you know, even you could probably use darts um, as as an analogy here. It seems that the Chiefs are so far advanced from a front office, front office, that's another made word, uh, front office approach that... They're always thinking about the next shot. They're not currently on the one they currently face, right? To me, and I'm dead serious about this, I think the Super Bowl is already a, you know, 
long gone, over with and done with conclusion. It was nice. They had their time. And now they're at the, you know, combine. Andy Reid's out there scouting. And it's it's now 2024-2025 season. And guys like LeJarius Sneed, who I believe is probably a fan favorite, right? You tend to like guys that do their job very well. Um, nobody in the league better than that. But the Chiefs also doing their job very well, right? Like you tag and then explore trade options. You get draft compensation, right? If he's whatever or does whatever, the numbers match up, you get, you know, whatever it is. And you could probably get a second-round pick. And the reason I get a lot of this, you know, there's people on, I think, I don't know, Grant, I don't know if it's 50-50. Because I think, honestly, I think that if you polled Chiefs fans, you know, are you okay seeing LeJarrius Sneed get traded? I think 70% would say no because of what he is or what he was of value to this team. But I think if you took another poll and said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust Brett Veach in this organization to make the right move? I think 90% of people would say 9 to 10. And that's a beautiful thing in a weird, chaotic, crazy, situational thought process. Right? And... The thing about it is that there's so many different options that go through your mind when you think about everything that's been presented as of this point in the offseason. Caps going up $30 million. Well, they can address both Snead and Jones and keep them. Maybe. But what did everybody want to be addressed? A wide receiver won. Right? And the Chiefs, I think, are hell-bent on adding that to this team. I think they're also not going to pay someone a ton of money when they trust themselves to go find somebody or try to replace that. And again, it's not like they're saying, oh, we can trade Legereus Need and just go find another Legereus Need. That's not the Chiefs are on that sort of arrogance platform. It's more so like, hey, look down the hallway at One Arrowhead Drive and you see those three recent shiny silver things. Trust us. And again, I know it's tough, but what I see out of all of this is that if we have a February, what, 27th take, I would assume that with them franchise tagging Legereus Sneed, and if they cannot get to a long-term deal, they will explore trade options. Let's me to believe that they're more than likely going to give Chris Jones that contract. And they're going to address free agency at wide receiver one. Not only that, I think that they are going to be heavy in the draft at looking at wide receiver and secondary. You still have Trent McDuffie. But part of that with Legereus Need and I got called a clown for having this take. Saying that they have enough trust in McDuffie to be like, hey, you're now Legereus Need." Right, Because if you remember, Legereus Sneed at least two years ago was just a slot-covered corner. And then Spags was like, okay, I think I trust this guy enough. You just go find wide receiver one, and you shadow that dude the entire game. Sneed did it, and it was great. And that elevated Sneed's play. And again, I don't know what a long-term contract negotiation process could be for the Chiefs and Legereus Sneed, but as we know in the past, Brett Veach has a number. 
And when he presents that number, there's really not a lot of budging. And the most recency bias or prisoner of the moment in this sort of situation is the Tyreek Hill deal, right? And we've heard bits and pieces of that negotiation process, which was from maybe Tyreek Hill's camp that said, you know, they had 23, 24 offered on the table. And then it happened, right? Then Devontae Adams got signed, and the good agent that Drew Rosenhaus is for his clients, you may not like him. I don't like him. I think he's kind of a weasel. That's just me, but he's an agent. Agents are kind of scummy. They're greasy Vegas, as Ron Hughley would say. And as soon as that number went, Rosenhaus said, dude, you can't take 24. Somebody will give you 30. And they did. And that's just the business of the side of deals. And Legarius Sneed getting tagged gives you control over the situation instead of letting him just go out and be like, some team's just going to snag and you get nothing for it. So, yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah, it's a little, you know, it is what it is. But, again, they're always thinking about their next shot. They're always one step ahead of everybody else. And this is a step where some people might be out in the NFL world going, oh, my. They're thinking about trading Legereus Sneed. That conversation's probably been going on a lot longer than most people realize or think. When when you're building a roster, right. you have to take, especially with sustained success like the Chiefs have had, you've got to take an L every once in a while. Yeah. And if that means losing Legereus Sneed and getting some draft capital back, that's about as big a win as you can get for losing Legereus Sneed when it's very possible you could have lost him for nothing. Right. And you look at what makes franchises successful in the past. I'll give you three examples. And then we'll go to break. You go back to the Herschel Walker deal. People in Dallas were probably losing their minds. And they forgot about that really quick when three Super Bowl titles came to that franchise in five years or whatever it was. In New England, we remember, they would have a stud defensive player. Or they would have, you know, somebody on that defense where you're like, they're going to let that guy go? And New England has six titles because of decisions made like that. And you go back to even what was two years ago when the Chiefs lost, or not lost, when the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. And since that move, they've won two titles since. And if you want a baseball conversation, you remember when the, when the Royals had Will Myers and he was supposed to be the number one prospect? He was supposed to be the answer. He was supposed to be the first big hit of the wave, and you never saw him play a major league game in Kauffman Stadium, and they traded him. And with that trade, part of that reason, you got a World Series title. So again, thinking about your next shot is the smart move. Not getting lost in the moment is what can cripple a franchise. Giving a guy too much money, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, well, that's why these decisions get made. I can promise you this. You trust in your franchise that's been over a half of a decade successful, not just successful, very, very evidently, obviously successful with three titles, four Super Bowl visits, six AFC championship games, eight consecutive conference championships. You kind of got to think at the end of the day, yeah, this is brutal, but guess what? I trust that these guys are making the right decision, but it also gives you the little bit of conversation that you can think to yourself, well, if Sneed's going to get traded, they're not going to put money there. Where's it going to go? Because we can all think they're going to gain $11 million or nine or whatever it is with the cutting of MBS. So you think about no money there, no money towards Sneed. You all want to see Chris Jones. That'd be another interesting polling question. Would you rather see them pay Chris Jones or Legereus Sneed to come back on the roster? 
I would think, even though the beginning of the year had its antics with Chris Jones, I think people would be okay coming out and admitting they'd be like, yeah, give it to Jones. Tough. Big business. Big moves. Got to keep going to win big championships. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Grant Nicholson on the other side. I want to talk a little bit about, well, I want to talk a little bit about this AFC West because I honestly love hearing what another quarterback in the division says about this team that's always in the conversation and it always starts at this time of the year. This is 610 Sports Radio and you're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. I love this band. Although the song is kind of creepy if you let your mind drift away. An Invisible Touch. What's that movie with Kevin Bacon, Hollow Man? That movie was definitely weird to watch as a kid. What's the one with Swayze, Ghost? Mm-hmm. That movie, that movie rules. Adam A. Brown, Whoopi Goldberg's character. Patrick Swayze, like, isn't, yeah, he's inside of her as, like, the... I can hear Sam. What's what's Demi Moore's character's name in that movie? I saw it once when I was like a kid. Like yeah. that's a weird movie. Sam Adame Brown, Odame Brown. I think it's Odame Brown. Gosh, what is is her name? Mary. I can't remember. Patrick Swayze, man, great actor. Roadhouse, Ghost, the Surfy movie with Keanu Reeves, great movie. Too Wong Fu, great movie. Point Break? Point Break. That's the movie right there. Mm. Wasn't he Pony Boy in The Outsiders? He was one of them. I don't one know if he them. was Pony Boy. But. Yeah, he definitely wasn't, I don't think, Pony Boy. Um, yeah, tough, uh, tough topics, man, when you, uh, when you think about uh, off-season moves. Um... You were asking yeah. what the poll the fans would like. Would mm-hmm. they prefer Chris Jones or LeJarius Need to come yeah. back? Mm-hmm. Don't you also kind of have to look at your previous topic as well? It's like you kind of trust Brett Veach yeah. to like go out and find corners. I do. Like LeJarius Need, Louisiana Tech, fourth-round guy, mm-hmm. like it's not a slam dunk. No. You know, it's easier maybe to find guys you're kind of building a position group, mm-hmm. whereas on the defensive line you're like, if we have Chris Jones – Everybody else can kind of eat off his plate, you yeah. know? Not only that, but, like, you think about Karloftis, the idea of maybe you bring back Ominahue, right? I don't know when his availability would be. Tearing an ACL in, like, the last possible week of the season outside of the Super Bowl. Probably going to delay you. You're, like, hoping that he can be back for the December playoffs, that range? Yeah. And if you need some reference of trust, the last time the Chiefs did this was in 2019 when they franchise tag D Ford and then traded him to the San Francisco 49ers for a second round pick. Seems like a great idea. The other thing when we talk about the end of, you know, what some guys time frames are, right? Like the Jets didn't pay um uh, his name just left me. He was achieved to the corner. Dar- uh, gosh, what's the corner's name? Darrell Revis? Yeah, like they didn't okay. pay Revis, right? Like they, they gave him money, and then he just started signing one-year deals. But the thing about the Chiefs is that, like, 
if you, I don't know, you just, you have to know like the, the other side of what's coming, right? Like you're going to have to pay Carl Loftus, I think, because you look up, you look at a position of importance, right? And I thought Carrington made a good point as he was leaving and we were having a conversation about how, you know, you add more teams of, you know, difficulty into the Big 12 and maybe that makes the Kansas Jayhawks look a little less superior than everybody else when now there's other teams that are, you know, added to the Big 12, Houston, Cincinnati, you know, next year there'll be more that come in, Arizona, Arizona State, you all the, you know, you add more to it and it gets a little bit tougher to, you know, continuously do that. And the Chiefs have been so much better far and beyond everybody else in their division because of decisions that they make like this, that they turn into what are good ideas. And it's kind of different when you look at a team that has the clout and the track record of doing decisions like this and it being successful, right? It'd be one thing if they had done this before and it was like, I don't know, man. Like they didn't sign Charvarius Ward. And he got to watch McCole Hardman catch a walk-off touchdown. They didn't sign Tyree Kill. He got beat twice in one season and got to watch the Chiefs win two Super Bowls without him. And if you've seen other news lately of Tyree Kill, it ain't going so well. And so it's interesting because you get into this sort of tug of war approach with your fandom. But isn't that what makes it so great? When you watch your team make these sort of gut check decisions and yet they're still successful, right? Teams that give guys a lot of money and then all of a sudden you start seeing that team be like, man, we didn't give so-and-so all that money. We'd be all right. And yes, not every decision they make is going to work. But man, they went and got Tyron Matthew when they needed help on the defensive side and kind of changed the attitude of that defense. It worked. Oh, Tyron Matthew's no longer as key of a player as he is. We'll have to go find somebody else. Oh, we'll go find a Justin Reed who fits this system very well and has been very good. You look at guys like Juan Thornhill, who were decent. They weren't great. They draft a guy like Brian Cook. Juan Thornhill goes to the, Cle- to the Cleveland Browns. They pay him a lot of money. Brian Cook, you're all like, oh, I like this guy. The wound does get hit a bit with decisions like this, but the one thing that the Chiefs are very well at doing is continuing to monitor that and make you forget about the pain that maybe it didn't, you know. That's fine with fandoms, right? That's That's what this is all about. You should be passionate towards your team. You should be looking at every tweet, every article, everything, and tell yourself, oh, they're really going to trade Sneed. And I am proud of the fans that are in this city because a lot of you do kind of get it, do understand it. And I know there's a lot of you still out there that are like, why can't they just bring them all back? Well, they've never done that. And they've got the trust in their front office because there's really nobody else that challenges them. And what we teased about was Justin Herbert said he's super excited and ready to go to see what the new team is going to look like with the Chargers. And boy, we do this every year, don't we? Like, I don't think anybody's afraid of the Raiders. Right? Their coach is is giving a whole bunch of bull junk about how he's going to do the Jordan method towards Mahomes. You know, we're going to touch him mentally, spiritually, physically. We're going to rough him up. Good luck with that. Now the league knows it. You're an idiot. The Denver Broncos. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. 
Russell Wilson had some cheesy ass line where he says, I hope I get two in the next five years. Hopefully he's doing No. But the Chargers, right? This is the final time that they can really kind of prove it. They got their quarterback sold. Third head coach in his fifth year in the league. Now he's excited. Now he's ready to go. And now they've done everything they can because they're tired of seeing things like this. And they've made decisions that make it easier to see teams like the Chiefs make tough decisions like they're doing with LeJarrius Sneed. They paid Mike Williams a ton of money. How'd that work out last year? Mike Williams had one decent year. Good year. Decent is unfair. One good year. And it was a contract year. As the late, great Therese Paler always says, the contract year is undefeated. LeJarrius Sneed kept that alive this year. You did your job, man. You won two titles. Which makes you think that, yeah, he's he's done everything he can. If he goes somewhere else, that's fine. Now what he says or does after he's no longer here, that's up to him. But they won two titles with him. He did his job. And he did his job even more so by doing the best he could possibly do at his position with allowing five total touchdowns in two years, zero this year, five the year before. That's insane. Got snubbed in the All-Pro, used it as bait to continue to go through the playoffs and be a lockdown, just badass corner, two titles, fourth-round pick out of Louisiana Tech, and now he can tell his story and be like, yeah, I was a fourth-round pick. I developed. I won two Super Bowl titles, and I got paid, and my life is successful. So everybody wins. Some way or some form of it, somebody or everybody always wins in these moments. And like we said earlier, the last time they did this was in 2019 when they tagged and traded D4 for a second-round pick. So if you can tag and trade Legereus Need for another second-round pick, that works out, and you can use that money to make your your defensive line continuously the focal point of that. Like you just drafted a kid out of K-State and Felix Nduke Uzama who's going to be a second-year player who could probably do a lot of damage listening and watching and playing with Chris Jones. George Karloftis can continue to make those strides as a great defensive end in this league with the help of Chris Jones. And Brett Veach weighs all those options out because, like we said, Brett Veach always thinks about his next shot. Brett Veach was on today with Carrington Harrison as well. I want to play you that interview on the other side. Please do note that the interview came before the Legereus Sneed conversation broke today on the internets everywhere. Coming up on the other side, Brett Veach, your general manager. He spoke today. What he said, you'll hear it next. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.